Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My thanks to Tesco's for this week's guest. Now, my guest today is known for asking three bottles over the well, it started with wine, and you're probably more likely to find it over water these days, although Grace Dent last week obviously had her wine in her hand. Now, with creative news lines and features running through her blood, she started as the youngest magazine editor for Smash Hits, where she made Ant and Deck into PJ and Duncan at the age of just 22. She worked in newspapers with Anne Robinson, she worked in TV as the anchor on the best era of Loose Women, and now you can find her alongside my podcast, Killing and Secure, every Friday on your podcast app. Well, basically, she just talks to everyone and anyone because people are queuing up to talk to her. Even people oh. who have never done a podcast for like E.L. James a couple of weeks ago. She's one of the most respected and trusted journalists. And I'm so glad I finally, thanks to Tesco's, got her on Security and Security. It's Kate Thornton. Hello, Kate. Oh, thanks, Johnny. It's so kind of you. Well, this is it. You are my favourite podcast. I started my podcast because of yours. Did you really? Yeah, seriously. What? You started doing yours. And you had all your friends, because at the beginning, it was basically your friends. And people who have been on my podcast, like Denz and uh, Jenny Powell and Angela and Lisa Maxwell and McGiff, all those people that we obviously know your friends with. And then you obviously branched out a little bit. And I thought, that's it. Get your friends on. Get your friends on the podcast. Well, that's how I started it, because I just thought, right, okay, well, I need to prove the concept to myself as much to anyone else. But what I wanted White Wine Question Time to be was, initially, it was three friends, three questions three glasses of wine and then when we realized that the show worked I just I thought we can't eat three guests every week and then the pandemic hit and we couldn't get three guests um so it's 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 a really it's kind of evolved into what it is which is one great guest every week um and yeah I put three questions to them which we discuss over three glasses of wine if they fancy a drink and if they don't that's okay too I wanted it to sound like a conversation between friends and it was sort of inspired by the conversations that happen around my kitchen island which start at a and end at z and travel everywhere in between and it's from the sublime to the ridiculous from the heartfelt to the throwaway and i think we can be all of those things in one conversation and and i and i love a long form chat and in a time when 
everything's about you know people having the concentration span of a gnat or people believing that they do i just thought i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that i think if you give people something good to listen to they will lend you their ears and you know we're 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 proof of that now i suppose we're in our almost you know coming up two and a half years of an hour of great conversation every week and the audience just builds and now we're taking it into the West End, which is super exciting. And it's the proof that the chat show is not dead. It just lives in a different way now. It lives as a podcast. And that's it. And I think there was such a difference as well because at the beginning, it was very female orientated. And then you started getting people like John Thompson and Keith Lemon and Joe Swash mm-hmm. and Chris Moores. And suddenly you had men opening up about their experiences yeah. and going, oh, you know. And then obviously more recently, um, you had Alistair Campbell. And that was like, yes. oh, this is really different. And David Lammy, Griff Rees-Jones, um, Vernon Kay's been on recently. One of my favourite episodes is Will Meller talking about his cat. I mean, please, I'll say no more than that, but do go download it. It's amazing. But, you know, for me, I'm, I mean, like, literally, this is the best job I could have ever come up with for myself. It's, it's a licence to be nosy and talk to people that fascinate and interest me every single week. Like, the fact that I get paid to do it, is a bonus. I do it for nothing. We're going to talk about your career, but I just want to pick up on what you said about Will Meller, because Will said something really interesting in your podcast, which was all about a conversation he had with his wife's friend about wigs and about uh, being a black yes. lady and the wigs. And I thought that you're never going to get anywhere else. You're never going to get that type of conversation. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, we had Sean Ryder on recently and it was a really unexpected conversation with him talking about how his, his, you know, life now suddenly makes sense to him because he's been diagnosed, you know, in his mid to late 50s with ADHD. So suddenly the chaos of his life is it it totally makes sense to him now. Um, So that was a really fascinating episode. And the same with Craig Charles, you know, sat down and chatted to him. um, And what what an interesting guy. What a career. Um, and the same Ben Shepherd, Vernon Kay. We had, um, there's been two male guests that we did too. The, the chats were so good. We ran them into two shows. One was James Martin, and he's a fascinating guy. I mean, so much drive. And the other one is, is Craig Revel Hallward, who um, is going to be my first guest when we play the Leicester Square Theatre in September. And, you know, you sit down and you listen to those episodes and you realise now that is a life well lived. <laughs> Great that I get to tell those stories, you know, and I know there's so much more to Ben. You know, the reason my son's called Ben is because of Ben Shepherd. I think he's that good a guy, that lovely uh, human being. So for me to be able to sort of spend an hour putting that out there for people, that's one of the most phenomenal reactions we've had to any episode was to Ben. Oh, Ben was brilliant. The fact that he was talking about travelling around the world and, you know, being in India one day. And I feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get to the super fan level of going, I'm going to quote you every episode. But I love it. it you just do because you can... In my head. See, I'm going through perimenopause, so I can't remember half as much as you. You're brilliant. <laughs> I, need you, I need you on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. There's a new job for me. There's a new job for me. Craig Charles, obviously amazing with his stuff. And Craig Brother Hall, we're talking about when he was away and, you know, the, the men that he associated himself with to get his career going as well. And James mm-hmm. Martin talking about being uh, dyslexic and how he never wrote his cookery uh, books. He literally had someone no. next to him going, right, here we go. Yeah, which, you know, and I've got I mean, like, friends like Holly Willoughby are dyslexic. And it fascinates me how they're able to broadcast and follow a script and they just they learn it in a different way to you or I I find it utterly fascinating but also I mean I don't know about you but for me it's, it's about finding out about the fire in the bellies of these people that are just driven I mean James Martin catered his first wedding when he was 13 
really well. You know, it's, that's insane. That's insane. That makes me look, you know, being the youngest editor of Smash Hits, look slightly underachieving at the age of 21. As much as I knew what I wanted to do, I never knew that that job would be available to me. And I applied for it purely for the experience of having a job interview because I'd never had one. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. Well, but it was obviously the celeb world. What interests you about celebrities? Because it's obviously you are a celebrity as well as a personality, as well as a journalist. And you can kind of be the journalist, the mum. The celebrity but what was it about the celebrity world in particular like I want to see the take that life I want to get behind the scenes of that it wasn't really it was about stories and were those people interesting so I've always loved music so for me music musicians were interesting um, because I don't have a musical bone in my body so I can stand back and be a genuine fan and ask all the kind of questions that a fan would ask I guess in the first instance but um, actually for me, it's about, you know, telling people stories. And that's that's what it's always been. And you could be a farmer, a firefighter, or, you know, a movie star. I will be just as interested. And that's why your era of Blue Swimming was just perfect. Because it was all about the personalities. It wasn't about the news lines. And it wasn't about, we've got to dissect the news. It was literally about what makes you tick and what makes you talk. Do you know what? I went back on the show for the first time in 10 years, uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was lovely to be back. And it was like stepping back into a pair of really nice shoes to sit there and, you know, shoot the breeze with, you know, some of the women that were there when I was there. So Denzi was there, um, Jane Moore that I know. Um, but then seeing, you know, new recruits like Charlene White, who I think is a phenomenal newscaster and journalist. So it was really lovely to chat to her too. It's a great show, these women. Um, it celebrates female conversation and um, it's probably the only show that does in that way. Let's talk about you and journalism, though, because like we said, you know, you've worked in newspapers and Robinson and you need to listen to your episode with Alistair uh, Campbell for a little insight into that world of Anne. Um, but you've done the newspaper, you've done the TV and now you're a podcaster. How's your approach to journalism changed over those times? Because obviously now we have so much more clickbait and now we're so much focus on cutting through without going into reality TV world too often? Well, I was only at newspapers for 18 months because I, for me, I um, struggled with sometimes the idea of a story being genuinely in the interest of the public. And I didn't think that they always were. So smash hits felt like a safer space for me in terms of, you know, being in line with what I felt was okay. I don't, I don't feel that, you know, I mean, what, what came after with Leveson proved that there were some pretty unethical news gathering tactics going down and straight out of, you know, journalism school. I remember being on the news for going, but why would you do that? It's not in the public interest. And just looking at me like I was the biggest freak because that's how I felt. And that's how I still feel. Um, I think journalism um, is, a you know, to be a journalist, to be a storyteller is a remarkable occupation to, to have if you do it in a way that has great honour and integrity. And I do believe that you can be a great journalist with honour and integrity. Oh, and you've established that. But also it's the creativeness as well. You've got, you know, what you did with PJ and Duncan, Anton Dirk for Smash Hits. All those little things yeah. like that. Well, they they played a massive part in that as well. They were they were complete collaborators. So, yes, we killed PJ and Duncan and staged their death in a photo shoot and then reinvented them as Anton Deck. But they were very much at the heart of those conversations. And that's what I love to do, the collaboration. I think that's so important to bring people in on it. 
so that they can own it and and celebrate it and love it love doing it as much as you do i've always wanted to work like that and the podcast is is no different really in fact you know i was thinking the other day i used to put a magazine out once a fortnight now i'm putting my own magazine out once a week it's you know that's kind of you know what i do hasn't changed it's just how we do it that's changed i still tell great stories i hope and i'm still interested in telling stories but you know i mean when i started out editing smash hits for example i didn't even have an email i had a mobile phone with an aerial and a shoulder strap that's how old I am. I had a pager. The internet wasn't a tool that we used. So what the evolution that I've seen of our workspace, this digital landscape that's emerged and has changed everything. I think the fact that I'm still here doing what I do 25 years on is because I rode the tide of change, really. I didn't stay in print. I could see it wasn't going to last. And I jumped into telly because I could see it was growing. And the moment the internet and online content started to explode, I'm just interested. I just kind of, you know, I strapped my trainers on and jumped in. I was like, right, what can we do here then? And I love that. I'm a fear chain. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I kind of embrace it. Keeps you young. You know, sometimes... When I walk past a window and see myself, I go, God, who's that? Oh, shit, it's you. Because in my head, I'm still as hungry and up for it as I was sitting in that editor's chair at the age of 21. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, this. I think this is the thing. Obviously, back then you were chasing the front pages because that was the only way, really, through word of mouth, that you had to have something. Like you said, with the death of Peter and Duncan. Whereas now it's how much exposure has it got as it got in all the red tops and all the online sources as well. 
but I, I don't, I don't even subscribe to that. I don't follow that. I don't look for it. And I think if you do, all you're going to end up, <laughs> you're just, you know, I dance to my own tune, not somebody else's. That is the beauty of podcasting. Make the shows that you love. If I, I've got enough confidence in myself now as a broadcaster and as a journalist and as a presenter to feel that I know my way around 60 minutes of good content. And I don't need to have that endorsed by, has it got press pickup? If it gets it great, as long as it's nice and positive, I, I don't see it. I don't read it, you know, and apart from listening to shows back in the edit, once I've done a show, I'm, as long as I'm happy with it, I, I send it out there. I don't revisit it. I don't watch anything that I do on telly anymore. If I don't know what I'm doing by now, I'll never know. And that's what I love about interviews. And that's what I think now with celebrity interviews in particular is where we're going to. We're leaving away from the clickbaitness and we're now going to, let's have a long conversation. Actually, not focus on the now, but focus on the beginning. You know, what made them the way they are? Let's go back to their childhood and revisit those stories because where else would you ever get to hear them? Yeah, and then that's the problem is that I think, you know, we do live in a, in a time where even if we get that kind of, you know, the wheel come up as we're searching for something online, we become impatient and click out. So that's, I mean, like we have in so many ways got the concentration of a gnat. But equally, I think there's loads of people out there that do want to lean in and have a really thorough listen to what somebody that they like or admire or are just interested about have got to say and all of those things can exist side by side you know it's about where you choose to put your work for me you know you talk about clickbait I actually don't even know what clickbait genuinely is I, I don't create that as a piece of work I create a long-form listen uh, I know what you're saying it's, it's about you know headlines and people clicking through and traffic numbers and footfall I guess I'm just sort of old enough in the tooth and lucky enough to have an audience that kind of come with me on things to not have to worry about hitting those those markers you know I know we rate well with the podcast because it affords me the opportunity to employ a team and put around it beyond that I'm not interested oh if only I was older if only I was <laughs> older the good news is, Johnny, one day you will be. Even tomorrow, you'll be older than you are today. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. And this is it. I mean, look, you are, I, I, I don't know you that well, but you seem to like Grange Hill. You did a big reunion oh, about three, four months ago, and now you're taking Christmas them Day. to one of yeah. your... Was it Christmas Day? Was it that long ago? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it, was, it was. It was my Christmas Day episode, yeah. This is a perfect case in point, right? I grew up watching Grange Hill. I loved it. They were the most famous children in the UK. The, the most famous school children for sure they tackled some really meaty storylines at, at a time when there were only you know three channels in the uk so they were huge you know if you were a teenager or a school kid you watched grain chill you understood you learned about drug addiction through zamo you learned about bullying through gripper it touched on so many important facets of of you know education development it was the, the script editor was Anthony Mingella, for God's sake, you know, the Oscar winning Anthony Mingella. Um, and then and then you go, well, where are those people now? They were such a formative part of my childhood. What's happened to them? I'm genuinely interested. So we did some ringing around and we got, you know, Zamo, Lee McDonald onto the show. I mean, Lee's story is fascinating. Have a listen to the episode. You know, Alison, who played Faye was tipped for great things. And she went, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm going to have children. I'm going to run a fruit and veg business with my family and be happy. And she is. So we've got all of these characters back we, for the live show that we've got coming up in October. Todd Carty's coming on. Everyone you know, thinks of him as, as, as famous for EastEnders. But actually, Todd was the ultimate pinup back in the day. He was Tucker Jenkins. You know, he was the man. He was Fonzarelli. 
if you want to, you know, if you want to liken it to somebody, I really want to hear their stories. I really want to understand what it was like to be famous back then and to, to carry such important storylines, to go to the White House and perform their number one single, Just Say No. But also at a time when social media didn't exist, the only thing people would ask them for is an autograph because people didn't have cameras. It was a different time. And those are the stories that I love to explore. I love it. Well, I live right by Elfie Studios. So every time ah. that I go out in the morning, I see the old Grange Hill set and obviously the EastEnders set. And so I feel that gravitas there, even though I mm. wasn't alive when they did that, that version of Grange Hill, my version was more Liverpool based. I still feel the gravitas of Zamo being there and of mm. Tom Carter being there. So that's the middle show. And then you're doing another one with the Dunbreeden cast, which obviously is the show that came out of lockdown, which was on YouTube. And you had friends like Dens and Tams in and Julie Graham all actually film themselves and act at the same time. I know, and I was in the show as well. I had a cameo. Um, so Julie called us all up and was like, look, I've written this show. I've been taking it around to broadcasters. Obviously, everything's ground to a halt because we're in lockdown. So sod it. Let's just do it. It was a bit like, let's just put the show on right here. And uh, she got, a, she got a, a friend of ours uh, to back it as a producer. Equipment was dispatched to everyone's homes. Families were, were called upon to be cast members and more, more importantly, crew. And the girls shot their own drama in lockdown without ever leaving the house. All of us uploading content and files rushes over to the edit suite. And then it was YouTube's first lockdown drama. And what they've achieved with that is so incredible and it focused around a really important taboo which was menopause you know six friends going through that stage of life where literally you feel like you have had your memory wiped all your cables pulled out and um you've you've taken the most almighty beating both emotionally and physically and and julie really went there with the scripts on that so to be able to put all of the girls on stage and in the same room for the first time actually we've never had them all together um will be a riot Final question before we talk about your campaign. It's one that you actually used to ask in your early episodes, and then you kind of stopped asking it, so then I nicked it, and I started asking it, and then I kind of stopped. But what would you call this chapter of your life now? Gosh, that's a good question. What's your question? <laughs> I know. I don't like the questions. I never, I never try to answer them myself. What would I call this chapter right now? An education, for sure. And it feels like this is like a holding chapter into the next phase. And I don't want to launch into the next phase until I've got my head back on my shoulders and my hormones in check. So it's, it's one that's been really quite tricky, actually. It's been um, disruptive. It's made me look at myself, which isn't always a bad thing. But trying to sort of better understand yourself when you can't remember what you did that morning is quite a challenge. <laughs> but just more than anything, this chapter just feels like I'm still wrapped in love. Do you know what I mean? I am lucky that I have got some... I've got some really important people around me. And, you know, I, I get this a lot often when people go, you know, people can't understand how you can feel so content and be single. I have never been more loved than I feel right now. And that's because along the way throughout my life, I've chosen well and collected good people. Yeah, I think I'm reaping the rewards of that right now. So what would this chat be called? Confused, tricky but full of promise for what comes next. Really quickly then, you're working with Tesco's, you're looking at shopping around. Tell us about the campaign. Yeah, so Tesco's have done a huge piece of research that show that people are determined to find a bargain, quite right, especially in these difficult times. Um, and they'll go as far as to visiting sort of up to three stores in, in order to 
to bag what they feel are the best deals. But actually, there's a bit of a false economy in that because we end up getting our heads turned by impulse buys. We waste time that, let's face it, the one thing we can't buy back is our time. Um, and to the tune of about £128 a month, um, which when you add that up across the year, uh, is quite meaningful. You know, there's almost a holiday in those savings. And, and actually, when you look at it on a national level, it's five billion quid a year. So Tesco's have um, tried to in, incentivize shoppers to, to try and do everything under one roof. So as well as things like their club card, which offers brilliant opportunities for you to kind of collect rewards and points and cash them in for days out, meals out, or take it off the, the cost of your basket. Um, they're also highlighting um, where they've matched price for price, like for like with uh, brands like LD. So you can go into store and you can be a super smart shopper without having to run yourself ragged in the process. I love it. And I'm a keen Tesco shopper. I shop there every single week next to the Big Brother house, which now is a set at the uh, Elfley Studios. And wow. Tesco is my favourite shop. There you go. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. I'll tell him. Yeah, you know. I'll pass it on. Well, I'll pass Thornton, you've been you've been amazing. I mean, look, two and a half years of White One Question Time. Honestly, it's my favorite podcast. I've listened oh, to every episode as it comes out. Um, there's too many to mention that I think are amazing. I think the one I'm going to say to everyone to listen to is Martin Anderson and Josie Gibson's episode. That was a really strong one that stayed in my heart. That's interesting you say that. What was lovely about that episode, so Malin and Josie had both become pregnant at the same time and had never met in person. So they were digital friends. And we're both kind of sliding into each other's DMs going, oh my God, you're pregnant too. That's amazing, fantastic. Um, talking about, you know, those really fast, you know, fascinating early, early stages of pregnancy. And then of course, they both carried to full term, but Malin lost her daughter and Josie refused to stop messaging and just kept going. And they, their friendship was so deep and so meaningful and yet they'd never met. So that day that we recorded that episode, having really shored each other's up and and being so important to each other in terms certainly in some in terms of Malin's recovery, to see them meet for the first time was massive and emotional. And they're wise birds, so do listen in. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like it's that. It's the best episode. episode. It honestly, I I will never forget that. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny C. But if you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, like it, subscribe to it, give it five stars and all that jazz. Thanks to Tesco's for just giving me half an hour, Kate Thornton, because I can't thank you enough for this, Kate. You've been amazing. Uh, Until pleasure, next time. Pleasure, darling. Thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.